Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. How you doing? Steph Postumi here with another Quicksand Food Podcast, and today I speak with Tim Day and Andrew McCormack from Harbourfront Restaurant and Level 1 down at Wollongong Harbour. This is a bit of a double podcast. Level 1 and Harbourfront are two separate venues. Harbourfront is more of a fine dining venue upstairs with beautiful sweeping views of the harbour. And downstairs you've got Level 1, which is more of a cocktail bar and has a more casual style menu. Tim runs the cocktails down at Level 1. We talk a bit about them and the cocktail that he contributed to the book. And upstairs and in the kitchen, Andy is running the show. And he talks a bit about the seafood that they get in there at Harbourfront Seafood Restaurant. A bit about what it takes to manage such a big brigade of chefs and run such a large venue. We also get into what it's like working in hospitality in Wollongong and the buzz that you get from running a successful service. We sort of kicked off this conversation right in the thick of it, talking about how to be motivated as a staff member for your owner and how owners get the best out of their staff and get them to invest in their businesses. I really enjoyed chatting to these guys and they gave us some great recipes for the Illawarra cookbook. So I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Andy McCormack and Tim Day from Harbourfront Seafood Restaurant and Level 1. That's just an interesting place to start in general. It's like one of the one of the troubles that owners have in general is finding a crew that are invested in the venue and that yeah. really care because hospitality is one of those industries where you can walk in and out of jobs. Oh, yeah. Like you can you can have a bad night and yeah. walk out and walk into a new place the next day yeah. and you'll have a job and you'll probably be getting paid the same and you'll probably get the hours you want as well because everyone's struggling so hard for stuff. So, like, is there something here that the owners have done that has sort of made you guys really invest in the place? Or what do you what do you think... I'll start with with you, Tim. Like, what do you, what do you think it's important for owners to do to, to make their crew invested in, in, in what they do and get the best out of it? Um, look, I think, I think with this place, we're, we're open seven days a week. Um, from you know basically 11 till 11 um, you know right right the way through we, we don't really close and so in terms of um, working for an owner when there's lots of hours available sure um, it's it's good because you can kind of work out a, a system that works well for you so a lot of places a lot of the smaller places you know if you want to go and work you'll you'll be stuck on the Wednesday to Sunday 
um, every every service every night or whatever it is then you have the Monday Tuesday off with here it is possible um, with the amount of hours available the amount of crew that we have to kind of flip um, and rotate staff through on doing weekends not doing weekends yeah, it's, pretty flexible. Um, it's pretty flexible like that because there's right. so many hours and it's such high volume and there's yep. it's such a big team to um, to do that so that's that's definitely an appealing um, point after being you know in the in the industry for a, for a fair while um, I guess in terms of in terms of working you know being happy working for an owner um, that actually knows what they're doing it's it's about seeing that drive with them and um, you know, having having that having that same drive kind of fuel you fuel you at the same time. Yeah. Um, seeing their passion and 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 you know applying yourself to that as yeah. well. Yeah. Obviously, with like with a venue like this as well, you know, as you say, seven days, eleven till late, and you know you're you don't close, and it and and because there's two venues here as well, it takes a lot of good logistics and systems by the owners and stuff as well and I think that when that sort of thing's in place it allows your crew to to sort of you know get the best out of it as well because they know what's happening they know when they're working they know that if they want to go to a wedding on a weekend or something like that there will be there there's a system in place for someone to fill in it's not just like well I want to go to a wedding in a month's time well we don't have anyone else so you're working you know what I mean so yeah I think that that like the scale and the scope of what you guys do means that the owners have no choice but to be organised, yeah, and that that sort of helps yeah. out staff as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, th- I think puts a lot of time into to all the systems that are set in place as well, so which is a big help for everyone, really. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one of the um, big things that I've seen, um, I guess, with what what Andy does, especially in the kitchen, is is like you said, having those schedules and being able to actually work out, um, you know having a system of what n- not just what needs to be done but who can do it yeah um, and being able to, tr- to rotate through like that plus you know the training of if you come and you work in in a kitchen like this you know you might start on your first year by the end of your fourth year apprenticeship um, you're going to know a whole bunch more than if you were to do it at another venue sure yeah really sort of like learning learning management of, of a large-scale operation and, and and things like that is yeah, there's it's, a lot of benefits yeah, in that. Yeah, it's working in a big brigade as well. There's probably only really one other big restaurant around here that's got a team that's so big. Like we've got 19 chefs now. So wow. We'll run with 15 chefs on a service. So everyone's got to know their place and everyone's got to play to their strong points. A lot of communication. So a lot of being organised is a big part of it. So it's the same as any restaurant. Mm. Talk to any chef and they'll say the same thing. But it just gets harder the bigger the bigger does, scale. Yeah. Like a lot of places go, well, you've got a, a lot of chefs, but you're also doing big numbers day in, day out. You might do 600, 500, 600 people on, on a given day and, and get ready for that the next day. So it's mm. making sure everything's fresh and, and um, yeah, well organised, basically. Was So you've been here for a year, Andy. Yeah. Like, were you? did you sort of train or have experience in any venues like this um, previous to here uh no the only other i worked at one big restaurant up in sydney but that was only for about a year um similar sort of thing a little bit different style food as well um smaller in numbers but just a little bit more fiddly in what we're doing but most places were um you know small family-owned businesses so yeah and um, so what was it like when when you arrived here you know and and then eventually you sort of like took on your role you sort of 
the the sort of process of learning how to manage such such a big operation, ordering, staff management, all that sort of thing. Well, I think it, yeah, I think it was just learning the numbers on um, how we learn our par levels for everything and how we set up for the next couple of days. Like everything's pretty well systemised, and it's just looking at what's coming up ahead and looking at the stocks that we've got in and making sure all the guys that are working in CDP positions are are following everything in procedure as well. Sure. So, I think that was a, yeah, that's a sort of hard part of it is um, making sure everyone's got their numbers right and you're and you're following everything. Yeah, so. yeah, that comes back to those systems. And but I think the, uh, I guess one of the challenges is that like I mean you're called Harbourfront Seafood Restaurant and yeah. there's nothing that requires more sort of attention to freshness and, and quality than seafood. So like if something sits in the fridge a day too long, yeah. it's probably going to be a shit product and you're probably going to have to chuck it out or something like that. Yeah. You know, so. Well, that's where we go back to them numbers. So everything's, everything's systemised at night where you'll go through a breakdown of... Everyone basically does a, uh, a list at the end of the night and gives you their accounts of what they've got. So you can find out exactly where they're at every section. So being such a big kitchen, you know exactly where everything is, when it's come in. So you've got a pretty good eye on, on what's going on in there, which is good. So. Cool. Um, Tim, do you like you you sort of like run the cocktails in the bar downstairs at level one? Yep. Do you like does that integrate into what you do up here? Do you do you organise cocktails and stuff for up, upstairs at Harbourfront as well? Um, no, I, I definitely help out where I can. Yep. Um, being that we kind of they're they're two different setting restaurants when you walk into them compared to Harbourfront level one. So level yep. one for me, uh, when I walk in, it's that. It's that still you're going over that fine dining process, but it's just more casual. Yep. So you're still, you know, waiting to tables and doing all that, that sort of thing. And so that's what, um, when I'm looking at cocktail lists and all that sort of thing, it's a bit more, you know, it's fun, it's summer, it's a bit more playful than, you know, guys that come in, they want to be, they want to just have everything as in that really rigid dining experience. Mm. Um, and so when we're looking at drink lists and, and, and the sort of stuff that we're putting on, that's the... That's sort of my focus downstairs, in, in, is having that casual, um, casual, relaxed, but still very good product that, yeah. that's put in front of people. Awesome. Um, I'm just going, I'm going to talk to Tim about his cocktail. Um, what do you, What do you like about cocktails? Like, like what is it about cocktails? There's people that fall in love with them, you know, making them and drinking yeah, them. Yeah, I, I I just like alcohol in general. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Everything from a tin of VB to it. Hey, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, you know, when I, when I go out, I, I don't go out and I order cocktails because when I'm at work, I can make whatever I want yeah. and I can try it and I can drink it and... You know, but uh, but it's the the thing that I like about it is is its creativity and its playfulness. You know, alcohol is a is a fun thing to muck around with. Um, you know, people are having a good time while drinking it, and if you can get someone that's you know never tried gin before or maybe doesn't like tequila or something like that, and you can put a, a cocktail in front of them, and go, hey, try this, and they go, oh, that's really good. Like, what is this? Like, that's the kind of satisfaction that you get mm. in um, pushing that knowledge. You know, like Wollongong hasn't had. Um, you know, five years ago, there was only r- really one bar that did cocktails, and now um, it's quite competitive. And we're having to look to Melbourne and look to Sydney and see what's going on all around the world in terms of what we're actually offering up. So, do you, do you think that the your patrons are more educated about cocktails and expect a like a higher level these days as well? Coming with the you know what you're talking about, the sort of the competition that you have and looking at you know other cities and what they're doing yeah definitely definitely these these days in Wollongong you you have to know have to know what you're doing it's still definitely not up to you know Melbourne and and Sydney standards where people 
people come people we still get people coming in and they order a negroni and they they send it back because they don't like it because it's too bitter and it's just like well that that's the sort of <laughs> yeah. education that we're trying to do and you know when that sort of thing happens we're like all right you should try this you should try that and you know we'll just replace it and all that sort of thing so it's it's about um you know being able to try and yeah i guess educate people on what they might actually like to drink and not like to drink and having that point of difference of them being like oh we should go go back there because they had this cocktail that we really liked that was this it's Mm. it's the same sort of thing that goes along with food except it's just the beverage side of it Mm. and that's and that's the just the creativity behind it is Mm. fun you know yeah i've never i've never been a, a bartender but I can I, I watch bartenders having so much fun sometimes like and like you say sort of like the playfulness and messing with cocktails like chefs don't always get the opportunity like you could be mid-service and just have a little lull and you could just sort of throw something together just an idea like something that you might have in the cool room or whatever that week and 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 throw something together have, give it have a taste of it sort of give it out to a customer for free or something like that and that's the that's that's that kind of playful fun fun opportunity that you might get standing behind the bar yeah definitely definitely the the interaction in terms of difference between back of house and kitchen and uh front of house and stuff like that you know when when a bar's busy it still works very similar to a kitchen people have their roles which they have to play and they have to fulfill them um in terms of having prep and par levels and all that sort of thing it's exactly the same but the i guess the thing that we see more front of house and what the kitchen might not um is those people enjoying the products mm. And uh, and you know having a good time and telling us how much they loved everything and that they'll come back and 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 yeah it's definitely definitely a little bit more uh, relaxed even if it is yeah. busy than what a what a busy kitchen. It must be rewarding. Yeah. Like I think uh, the contrast. Yeah, like for a sh- do you ever get do you ever get out there at the end of the night on the floor, Andy? Uh, I don't really get the time to. By the time we've we've done ordering and yeah. everything else, it's that's the that's the hard part. It's hey? Quarter past eleven, eleven thirty. So. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, I mean, I talked to a few other people about, you know, um, you know, the reactions from the public and stuff like that. And you're always getting reviewed, obviously, online yeah. these days. But they always, like most people always say, and the people that we've, you know, had a part of this book because we choose quality venues. Um, they say that like 90% of people have a ball. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. or, or more. You know, like a higher percentage than that have a ball at, at their place, and occasionally there'll be someone who who didn't didn't enjoy something, and they'll and they'll leave sort of like an irrational review, and then that that's the sort of thing the poor old chef has to read while Tim's out the front watching everyone laugh and you know <laughs> cheers their cocktails and things like that. It's just yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a it's a bit of a difference there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the uh, yeah the 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 whole reviewing system these days it's it's both a blessing and a curse mm. but it you can you can really tell like you know with a with a business if if they just get constantly smoked with bad reviews mm. there is something that needs to change yeah um the hard thing is is that when 99 percent of your customers are stoked and then you do get that one bad review whether it be your fault or whether it be their fault whatever it, whatever it happens when you do get it that it can be pretty disheartening it can be really disheartening yeah. and that's the um that's the hardest thing is when you don't get feedback to your face you get feedback that your bosses see or that your owners see yeah. or whatever it might be and you can't you can't deal with that um then and there you can't resolve that issue mm. all of a sudden you have an issue that's gone out the door unresolved and you're hearing about it and everyone else can read it and that's yeah. that's one of the hardest things in, in this day and age of having that whole 
review system and I, and I guess that goes from when you're looking at a big massive restaurant like this that you know might do 600 in a day as opposed to doing you know 30 in a night or 40 in a night at you know something that's a little bit smaller and fiddlier or whatever it might be it's you've got a much higher percentage chance of um, yeah, someone more, not having a good time margin someone, for error yeah exactly and mm. I think um, I think all in all the thing that I'm most impressed about you know both the hub front and level one um, both venues acting together is the continuous quality of, of food that comes out and the continuous quality of service like all I've, I've worked around Wollongong for the last eight or nine years in hospitality for a whole huge range of different venues and yeah I'm continuously impressed at the the quality that comes out of here consistently mm. yeah, I think yeah. everyone's always trying to improve on what we're doing we're not sort of getting stuck and mm. and slowing down we're, we're trying to improve on what we're doing every day which is good how do you how do you go about trying to improve then like what where do you look to for inspiration for the next menu or you know different products and that sort of stuff uh, i think just seeing what other chefs are, are around what they're doing and going out to eat obviously um you know instagram's pretty good these days yep. sort of good chefs around the world you can follow and get some inspiration off so yeah which is pretty cool and and working in a big team in there now like our our team's growing where we're getting better chefs now as well which is good so just bouncing ideas around off each other is, is good everyone's all worked in different places so there's enough of us in there to sort of bounce around ideas on and, and different techniques and go well even if we're coming up with the same dish that we're doing now is there a better way we can do it or mm-hmm. different technique that we can do to improve it or which is always pretty cool do you find do you find that like you kind of have to sort of keep an eye on yourself when you're writing a new menu or something like that in terms of what you're interested in as a chef being extremely educated about food and then what the clientele might want or what this place wants to cater for because like yeah. you could you could look at like a restaurant like whatever like you could look at St. Peter and go yeah. and and go I don't know like are these people ready for fish scales yeah. gills yeah. and you know no, semen yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you know you might want to give it a go and put it on the menu I'm sure you yeah. would like I'd love to I, yeah. I want to eat fish semen I haven't yeah. tried it yet but I'd like to like <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tricky when we when we do menus here because we're doing such large numbers and sometimes we're doing a lot of groups come this time of year as well um, you kind of got to look at the masses and how we're going to do a push like we might send, I don't know, Saturday that just went, we have like, we have market fish on the menu that changes every couple of days, and we had 58, 58 barramundi on one push. Like, it was all a la carte, but we just had a few dockets up at once. That was one dish that was going Shit. out, and then the dishes off other sections. So you might send 100 mils out in, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's got, to, it's, like, it's got to go out nice. It's got to be able to... Of course. Yeah, so elements, you can't have too many different elements, and you've got to look at the skill set that's coming off each section who might be rostered on that day mm-hmm. so we try and keep it a little bit more simple through the week but when we've got a full team on the weekend and and depending on what functions we've got on as well mm. so mm. i guess i guess as well consider. yeah with with that in in a restaurant this this big to put something on the menu that maybe only one percent of our yeah. um, customers would be willing to try or even yeah would even just be willing to order that's that's the more challenging thing yeah. you know when people are coming into somewhere that's like small and intimate and they don't really know what sort of dining experience they're going to get but they're open to eating new food it's a different thing to when you know you've got you're doing 500 or 600 people in mm. a day here you've got to really cater to that large yeah. um, uh, range of 
range of people. At the end of the day, some people they just want to go out for a snitty and chips, yeah. or a, or a T bone and some yeah. you know mm. chips and salad with some Diane sauce on it. And so it's, it's just, just like at, at the same time we want to try and do some nice food that is a little bit different because in a way because we're doing big groups come this time of year with a lot of you know business lunches and and Christmas lunches and things for big businesses and we get a chance to sort of advertise for ourselves when they bring in people that wouldn't mm. normally come here it's a chance to sort of impress them with something different than, yeah, exactly. than what they expect from us to do so um, yeah, like that's another pretty cool thing that we get about doing big groups and big numbers in here as well mm. that's cool yeah I've, like I've never worked in a place this big and I just yeah I just imagine what it takes to, to get to get through a busy bloody December service where you've got functions yeah. happening yeah, you've got like big groups and Sometimes the big pushes can go for about two hours, three hours in there. Some some kitchens you work in, you you might get that real thick part of the service for about half an hour yeah, to forty yeah. minutes. But Sometimes. you're sort of in them big nights and might be going for two and a half hours in wow. there. So you've got to be prepared for it and make sure you're you're good to go at the start of the night. Same as every kitchen, but it just this one's a little bit different for for me anyway. I've worked in a fair few kitchens, but this one for me, I've noticed that sort of. That's a big difference in here. Mm. Just how long that thick zone. Yeah, for. exactly. Mm. Like how long the the full border dockets last. <laughs> yeah. It's not getting yeah. any shorter. Yeah. Sometimes it like, keeps coming and it keeps coming. Yeah, so just <laughs> being ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. All the boys get a big buzz out of it at the end of the night. It's it's pretty good. Getting yeah, the team spirit in there at the moment. So it's pretty. That's cool. awesome. Mm. That's yeah. one of the interesting things about hospitality, though. It's like people bust their ass to yeah. to make people have a good night you know like yeah. you're talking about now two straight hours of yeah. rapid yeah. service like yeah. you're in charge of a, a bunch of people trying to make sure that the quality of everything goes out to every table yeah. is spot on you can see everyone in the hard. kitchens working together as a team and stuff and sacrificing their weekends a lot of the time and you know working longer hours than your average office worker you, you know getting up at whenever to recover from the night before and all that sort of stuff and a lot of people say why do they do it but it's the it's the feeling that you get after that i'm sure yeah. that, that it, oh, or, yeah. or during that 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 buzz that you get like people just get off on yeah. it it's like Some, a drug sometimes it's <laughs> like going out playing a bit of sport like if you have yeah. a massive service and you're like especially with the team that big like if you have a really big service a big day and or even a big weekend and you get through it and we're like jesus we got through that all right yeah it's well, not just not just getting through it, but like getting through it, feeling like you've nailed it yeah. as well. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. That's, that's the, the that's the point that you're like, yeah. all right, yeah, it's good. It's a good, that is a great feeling. I think what I think the other interesting thing about hospitality is because, like, you're so sort of connected with the people that you work with. Yeah, you're not like, I don't know. I feel like in office environments, and I've worked in bugger all offices. I did like internships for my journalism degree, and like a couple of other things but not really in those big office environments but what I did notice from my limited exposure is that like everyone just sort of sits at their computer or whatever they're doing a lot of the time and your interaction with the people around you is like maybe once every hour or half hour or whatever and if someone sits across the room from you was in another office or something you don't see them like unless at lunchtime or at the beginning or the end of the day but like in hospitality, you're, you're working together at all times, and yeah. you're chatting shit while you're prepping. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. you know, winding down afterwards with a drink. You're, you know, having a having a meal together before service. You spend and, a lot of time with each other. Yeah, exactly. You spend more time with the, the kitchen crew than you do your family most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that yeah, I think that's what sort of appeals to. That's why people sort of. That's why people 
love the industry. Another another reason why they love it. It's like they, it's their like it's their sort of friends and family as much as any of their other mates. You know what I mean? And a lot of the time they've only, you know, your days off a, like a Sunday or Monday or a Tuesday or something, and the only other people who who are off are hospo yeah. people as well, like yeah. people that you work with. Oh, most of the time, everyone's just hanging out. <laughs> To spend sixty hours a week or or yeah. plus together in the kitchen, and then it's your day off and you hang out with each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an interesting it's industry weird, like it? that. Yeah, yeah. But so, but some of my like some of my best mates I've met over the years that I'm still friends with that I don't work with yeah. anymore, are guys that are, are guys and girls that I've met through through getting pumped in a bar yeah. or yeah. whatever it yeah, might be. So like, closest mates people I work with years ago in kitchens yeah yeah mm. yeah so it's uh, I guess that's a lot you know being a, a bit younger you don't really see too many you know 60 year old chefs or whatever but being being a bit younger and and just you know being together and that sort of thing it's definitely one of the one of the original appeals of hospitality yeah um, that's for sure mm. yeah I, well, that, that's what I miss like I think the last time I worked in a hospital was 2013 and yeah, I miss it for sure. Like, there's heaps of stuff that I miss about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I've gone down a different road. But yeah, it's so good having that 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 sort of community around you and that feeling like you're talking about after a service. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. Miss it. Um, Andy, I want to talk about seafood. Um, what? Like, how do you sort of? Ugh, I don't know how to phrase this question. Like, I mean, what? What's? How would you describe sort of the menu at? at the harbour front it's like obviously harbour front seafood restaurant and we're sitting here right on the harbour there used to be a fish market underneath us and yep. we've got access to some of the best bloody seafood yeah. in Australia right here so yeah. how would you sort of describe what people what can people expect from the menu when they come in oh mate everything's super fresh like we're, we're getting deliveries every day so everything that that's coming out of the kitchens prepped up in the morning if not the, at, at the furthest like the day yesterday so yeah super fresh um high quality if anything's you know not up to par it's it's getting sent straight back so right so you you assess like yeah you assess the produce when it comes in and just yeah. make sure it's good and you can give your supplier feedback and yeah stuff. well usually there's two or three of us down there checking everything off so um we're pretty close to all our suppliers as well so because the amount of the amount that we go through as well we're spending quite a lot of money with them so they want to make sure we're we're being looked after as well um, yeah, we're, we're quite close to all our suppliers, and we get forum updates every every two to three days as well. So letting us know what's in, things yep. that we can change, and market fish, things like that. But um, yeah, like we use pretty high quality stuff here, so just pretty good. Our barramundi, um, snapper, all the lobsters, like everything's it's it's the best quality that you can get. Is it? Is it satisfying as a chef to be able to work with that sort of produce? And oh yeah, you know. it's it's pretty awesome. It's just the volume that we go through is yeah, right. pretty crazy. I think um, last summer we looked at a three day period and we went through 120 kilos of salmon in three days wow. alone. Just salmon. That's without barramundi, snapper, um, any market fish or any any other seafood that we sell. It's 120 mm. kilos of of fillet fish that's not bone weight that's yeah. that's a fillet weight so wow that's that's the sort of quantity that, that we're going through here so it's it's pretty crazy when you look at the numbers and we say like some nights we'll go well we've got we'll do 90 portions of salmon tomorrow do you think that's going to be enough <laughs> most restaurants will you maybe go <laughs> well if we do 20 portions of fish for the weekend that's pretty good so <laughs> that's that's the amount of volume that we're going through i'm just going to pause for a second his old mate just on the stairs with the vacuum. Yeah, it's just yeah. gonna be. A bit. Yeah. 
reckon, you reckon you can get him to just just pause until we're done? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he should be able to. Because that'll just be a moment. That's the craziest. The craziest part is just like the amount. That you reckon happens. ninety portions will be enough? Like, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Do you reckon ten minutes, fifteen minutes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. However long you guys want to go for, like, we can cut it whenever. Um, Maybe ten, eight, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I talked to a couple of chefs that have worked at some massive hotels, yeah. and it sounds like like basically the the role of the head chef there like it's like they don't even put an apron on they don't even put their whites on like they well, just walk around with a clipboard and yeah. a pen and well, that's, just the, make that's the hardest bit here it's because i'm in the kitchen so much like mm. i'm in there all the time and then it's trying to get the numbers done at the end of the night so it's mm. so you've got to rely on all the guys that are underneath you to do their job and be on be on on the ball as as much as you've got to be so it's um like it's a bit of pressure but it's pretty cool though yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, Tim, I want to talk about your cocktail quickly mm-hmm. from level one, Huru yep. Barb. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, it was we were sort of coming into winter and wanted wanted to change the list around, and so this is probably one of the favourite ones that I've I've made, and just I guess using using rhubarb um, being in season at that point uh, in the year, I was I was pretty keen on you can. You know, whether you, if you make like a syrup out of it, you can do some pretty fun stuff with yep. um, a whole bunch of different types of alcohol. Actually, it wasn't it, it wasn't just rhubarb in this cocktail. We also had it sort of in, in two or three others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this one in particular, though, I, I love gin. So Me this too. is this was with gin. Um, so I'm, I'm ticking boxes for myself already. <laughs> um, bit a bit of vermouth as well, which isn't a flavour people are mostly used to. Um, but it was I, I thought it was a nice little compliment like a bit of, bit of citrus and some fresh fennel which to give it you know that real freshness so you it, you kind of had like this um, you know the floralness of the, of the gin but kind of with like the sweet and tart of the rhubarb with everything else sort of com- coming and complimenting it so yeah it was one I was pretty happy with and one that you know in, in terms of sessioning cocktails or having <laughs> having a few in a row like a lot of the times you just like you have one you're like ah oh, that's too sweet like i mm. can't have another one and this was right in the middle for me of of being not not sweet not sour but having having sort of a bit of a balance mm. um balance with it and and making up that rhubarb syrup super easy to do at home yeah. you just you know boil boil up your rhubarb stalks and uh with uh sugar uh, and water and you just sort of boil it for probably like 40 minutes let it seep and then you strain it all out and you've got this beautiful red rhubarb syrup that you can chuck with anything that you want that's a good one um that's probably a pretty good sort of like entry level cocktail for people into stuff that's not super sweet and like into gin and vermouth and stuff like Mm -hmm. i mean i think a lot of people think that cocktails have you know always have to have an umbrella and have to be super sweet or like coconutty or whatever you know daiquiris and stuff like that but once you once you get an understanding of what like good like once you learn to appreciate the flavor of the alcohol that's in there rather than it just tasting like a juice yeah like that's when you really start to like good cocktails yeah and, that's yeah. exactly right I, I guess being being in Wollongong that's one of the harder things with actually putting up cocktails is I could put up something like that or something different which you know is appreciating the flavor of the alcohol like you just said but then people just 
might not like it or yeah. if they just look at it no I don't like gin I'm not going to drink it yeah um, and and I guess that's the that's the thing that you sort of um, that I've noticed a big change in Wollongong four years ago you know four years ago if you didn't have a strawberry daiquiri on the, on your list you just wouldn't sell cocktails and now um, you know we we do still still sell strawberry daiquiris but at least we've got other stuff that we can uh, point them to 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 try new things you know and, mm. and progress in that in that um, way of yeah, just enjoying alcohol and the different flavours and stuff like that. Happy days. Yeah. Andy, we'll quickly talk about um, the one that's alongside that for level one, the, yeah. the tuna dish with the black bean and passion fruit yeah. dressing. Do Raw fish is just exploding these days. It just oh, seems yeah. like something that everyone's keen to try. There's a raw fish dish on every fine dining menu. Yeah, I think it's because people are starting to actually understand it. They're, they're getting a bit more educated with things. and I think I think everyone used to be scared of the fact that it was raw and it might be too strong of a flavour, but I, I find mm. that it's a lot more subtle of a flavour. You can... Um, you know, the quality of the fish really shows right through. Mm. I think once you're starting to cook, cook fish, you, you really change the flavour with it and you can mask yeah. it quite easily as well. I think it's um, that's what's really starting to come about is people are actually just starting to appreciate what it is. They're, they're a lot more educated now. Yeah, yeah the, the, the quality of yeah. uh, of what you're putting up. So for you us, you can't to, hide it. You can't hide yeah. it. Yeah, exactly right. So for that's us to put up four raw parts yeah. or, or four raw dishes or whatever it might be, yeah. um, you know, and be like, hey, look how good this this kingfish is, or look yeah. how good this tuna yeah. is, yeah. or. And so know. I assume that like with the raw offering, you know, upstairs and down. Is that are you kind of like liaising with your suppliers about what's good? So when you can sort of put it on, obviously like tuna's yeah. not around all the time. Yeah. Like you can get salmon and stuff and kingfish yeah. pretty reliably, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Most of the time, we sort of look at your like your Mulloway snapper or salmon kingfish. It's usually around most of the time kingfish. So yeah. and it's still pr- pretty common for most people as well. Like we've got to go back to the to the numbers that we're doing here as well. So um, things that are a bit too outside the box, we've got to watch out for a little bit still. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, your kingfish and your tuna's always moving, so it's pretty hard to beat them as yeah. raw fish anyway. That's awesome. for me, I, I know they're so good. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why they're the most. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why the Japanese have been yeah. smashing that stuff for oh, hundreds for sure. of years because yeah, for it's sure. just really good. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Any other thoughts? We were going to talk about quickly about the change in hospitality in the Gong. Do you guys have time to quickly do that? You want to get out of here? Quick, quick couple. Do you minutes, want to get yeah. out of here, Andy? Like, I mean, I can stick with Tim for a sec. Yeah, I might, I might get out. All right, uh, I might get out. Get I'm out, and I'll talk to, to Tim quickly about that. Thanks, boys. Thanks, man. <laughs> He's got more to do than what I do today. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how long have you been? You've been nine years in hospital in the Gong. Uh, eight, eight or coming up on nine coming or something. Up on nine. I've kind of lost count. Yeah. Um, I'm so, where'd you I'm first, where was your first gig? The first gig was up at Dicey Riley's Hotel, which is an Irish <laughs> pub up the top end of uh, Crown Street. Very good. Yeah. Um, which was quite interesting. I, I walked in there, walked into Wollongong, no experience, and just walked up into the bar and said, at Monday morning on a 10 a, at 10 a.m., said, hey, do you want to hire me? Yeah. And I just got hired, and then... That's rad. Yeah, I kind of... I, I moved to Wollongong with two or three other... Like, I had two or three other mates up here, and then all of a sudden, within... Going back to what we are talking about, within three months of working in a bar, I, I, had, another, I had another friendship crew, and mm. I guess that's... Like in in moving around for me, I, I don't I don't particularly move around because I, I just go all right stuff it I'm done with this I'm gonna go somewhere else or whatever it's it's about increasing your knowledge yeah um, and that definitely played a part in where I'm sort of where I progressed on mm. from from that it's a far cry from Dicey Riley's 
downstairs. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. But Dice's these days is awesome. Like, yeah, it's I'm, always I'm, good. Yeah, I'm loving going back to just like an old school pub and and just having that relaxed, just get up and order a beer and sit back down and yeah. you know have a bit of a punt. Good. But um, but yeah, in the last in the last four years in Wollongong, so I guess I moved around. I worked at uh, the Illawarra Brewery, like heaps of craft beers, local craft beers as well. Um, that's a good thing to see like local breweries doing some cool stuff and, yeah, yeah 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 definitely definitely um, and and it's also so good like you know those those guys were you know they, they had a red ale on before most people in Wollongong even knew a red ale existed yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that's the the cool thing about I guess moving around in hospitality is finding out all these little niches and all that sort of thing mm. um, and then finding out where you're best skilled and where you're best sort of suited I guess what do you what do you think this this sort of like what do you think the reason is why we've seen over the last, say, four years, the increase in sort of quality venues, whether it be cocktail bars, cafes, or restaurants? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think it is? Um, I'll put it down to a couple of things. One being the massive uh, just developments that are going on in Wollongong, whether it be apartments and um, with Sydney prices skyrocketing, you know, people are sort of looking at Wollongong like we're a beautiful coastal town where I can still go and park my car at the beach and not pay for parking. Yeah. Or I can go yeah. or I can go fifteen minutes up the road and get a beach to myself. Yeah. Um so it's and, and we're only really an hour from Sydney. Yeah. And so it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so I think just just Wollongong developing as a whole. Um, with with development comes culture, I guess, um, and the the thing that's providing that culture in Wollongong is just having Wollongong Uni there. Yep. Um, and so with Wollongong Uni, you know, constantly evolving and people coming in, doing their four years and leaving, or or staying, or going to Sydney for a bit, or coming back. All of a sudden, you've got all these other people that haven't just grown up in Wollongong that have actually come from different places, experienced different things, and I think that just plays a part in into. You know the market that's here, and and you know young young people with somewhat of a dispensable income, like while they're at, at uni or even just after they finish or whatever, is is a is a great place for bars and, and restaurants to mm-hmm. to be. What do you reckon about like? Do you think that the openings that have occurred, like, do you think that the, there's a lot of people that sort of have identified that growth and done it, or like I kind of I. In a few of the people that I've talked to and, and, and a few of the different bars and cafes and things like that, there just seems to be a really good core of young people in Wollongong. And, and like, we're talking 25 to, like, 30, 35. Mm-hmm. Like, there is pretty young people here that have gone out and said, I'm opening a business. Yeah. And, and because they're young and really enthusiastic and they're really on the cutting edge, like, a, a bit of sort of what's considered cool like what's considered good product what customers want and stuff mm-hmm. like that um, yeah no it's a lot different to like an old old school chef like saying I'm going to open myself another yeah, restaurant yeah definitely like, definitely I think um, I think one of the really cool things that I'm seeing now as opposed to what was happening four years ago or five years ago is these guys that I've been in and out of hospitality with and they've all worked different places I've worked different places or whatever now now is the time where they're going alright I am going to do my own thing mm. now. But what they're doing is they're, they're coming off a, back, a whole bunch of experience, not just in Wollongong maybe, but they're, like I said, they're, they're young and they're passionate and they're, they're, they're guys that aren't, you know, retiring from Sydney and coming down and being like, hey, I'm going to own a bar and open a bar and just chill and do whatever. These are guys that have been working for people for the last however, however many years and they know what it takes and they know what they can do and they know that they can do it better than maybe anyone else mm. that's here currently. And so that's the change that I'm seeing currently is all, all of my, 
you know, other, you know, really talented, uh, I guess, hospo friends and acquaintances or whatever are actually moving towards or have, have just opened or, or purchased their own their own venue. So I think the next the next two or three years are going to be really exciting mm. in, into seeing exactly exactly what's going to happen mm. and exactly what's going to change. I it guess is, yeah. The, the, uh, the hardest thing and the biggest challenge with it all is just... Is just licensing and it and it's council and it's working on on I guess backwards New South Wales laws on uh, whether it be alcohol laws and food laws because now it's it's just not sustainable for a restaurant to be open till midnight in Wollongong where yeah. you look at, at, at a whole bunch of other places in the world and you can go and you can get food whatever time you want you can go get a beer whenever you yeah. want and it's just it's just seeing how much we can do within the restraints that we have that mm. we have here. Cool. Um, yeah, I think it, I think like you know we've seen a lot happen in the last sort of three to four years, but the next three to four years are going to be really interesting as well because I think that like everyone's been talking about the housing prices in Sydney and the people moving to Wollongong and it's true and it's happening and like there are all these developments going up, but it seems to me to be just the beginning of that and the people who have moved here haven't really settled in and invested in the place maybe or mm-hmm. y- you know. Yeah, it hasn't sort of... Yeah, like Wollongong hasn't sort of come in, changed too much as a result of of people moving here from Sydney and, and, and that sort of thing. So like you say, you know, there's people in the industry who are pushing, who are more people opening their new places all the time and there's going to be a market for it. Like there's a lot of growth happening. It's going to be easier to get to Sydney eventually. Um, you know, something's going to happen with the steelworks. Like, mm. So, yeah interesting yeah. sort of future ahead yeah 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 very exciting future ahead i think for all sweet all right mate let's leave it there thanks cool. for talking to you thank you sweet thanks so much for listening to my chat with tim day and andrew mccormack from harbourfront seafood restaurant and level one in wollongong if you want to check out more about what they do you can find harbourfront at harbourfront.com.au and you can find level one at level1hf.com.au if you want to find out more about us you can check out our website quicksandfood.com or you can find us at quicksandfood on facebook and on instagram please get out there and support the illawarra cookbook it's available from all good illawarra retailers and available on our website Keep supporting local food. We'll catch you again with the next Quicksand Food Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.